0: that's okay. On that note, we are back. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our tens of listeners. Another fun and exciting episode. TCAD, TCAD, Theatrical Conjecture and Dissertation. Fancy name for an unfancy show. It is I, Don the Legend Chambers, coming to you from not-so-sunny Southern California and from the fifth dimension of time and space, waiting for her pills. <laughs> Ms. Sheree Stewart. How are you doing, Ms. Stewart?
1: I'm doing really good, Mr. Shamers.
0: You're surviving.
1: I am surviving.
0: But once your pills get there, you'll be all right.
1: I am. I, I will no longer be a member of The Walking Dead.
0: <laughs> Which, speaking of Walking Dead, is funny. They had their, you know, first part of their... Uh, uh, what what the, their mid season mid season finale. Now I'm not gonna say anything. I, I actually haven't Yeah been...
1: don't spoil that shit because no. you know what really well it's been a while now but I was two weeks behind as off of Facebook and Twitter because people kept posting stuff and I didn't want it to be ruined. But you know it's been like three weeks now so no, I'm no,
0: right. I I'm not even going to don't mention spoil or, it. I I still need to see it myself.
1: Oh you haven't
0: yeah, not not. I haven't seen this this part, so I'm like, okay, you know, I haven't gotten to it yet. I'm just like, okay, you know, so far this season, it's it's been cool. I, again, my 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 whole thing with the Walking Dead has has always been, I don't know where else th- they can take it, you know.
1: Well, I, I mean, th- there's still they have so much source material,
0: but even. I've, I've even looked at the source material, and I'm just like, okay, I've we're at the part where it's just a lot of, you know, infighting humans and humans, and I'm like, I, I, I get it, but I don't know where else you're going to go. Are, are we just going to kill each other off? Is that the end game, and then we're done? Well,
1: at some point, they're going to have to get... Because, okay, here's the thing. Humans are really good at making human society and that's kind of our thing we're like ants and we're really good at it and that's how we've survived like the black death and you know various plagues and our numbers going down during the last ice age and at some point there's gonna have to be a rebuilding where they'll have they'll come up with a group that is not you know cannibals or you know crazy rape hierarchy right, or, 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 or... Or just to, or,
0: or just get raped. Every man yeah. for
1: himself. Right. Or, you know, any kind of... I mean, they'll have to come across a, a society that's not too good to be true. That is what people do best, is create societies. And if they don't find one, they'll have to become that. You know, I think The Walking Dead is like, you know... I mean, it's only been 18 months or so in their little universe so
0: i I get it i totally get it i'm just i'm just kind of wondering or when is the show going to take that turn into something more substantial more meaningful i mean kind of well i know they're
1: headed to Wash. there i think they're still going to go to washington and maybe that the alexandria free zone will be what and then it'll be a matter of you know are they when they reach this place like say they find a place that's you know basically rebuilding society are they now too damaged to
0: to uh, incorporate live like into that. it okay right. and that will be great to find out you know i'm just kind of like all right let's let's sort of get to that next to this next phase i think we've i think i've seen more than enough of people fighting people for all the same ridiculous Reasons. I'm like, I get it. I got it. All right. Moving on. You know, right.
1: I think another thing, though, is you know, it's a show that we like watching as a road movie kind of show. And it it keeps the action going. It keeps things interesting because I know a lot of people felt like that second season at Herschel's Farm was like the worst season ever because they were stationary rebuilding their little society. And people were like, what the fuck is this? Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman Part Two? Like, nobody. Like to, it's gonna be hard to keep it an interesting show if it's just about these characters that we've known on the road now they're not on the road anymore.
0: but I, I think the the I think the settling part makes more sense now than it did to do a whole season two because at this point I think they've been through more than right. enough. That if they came up to like say that yeah. commercial farm now, they would be ecstatic to just settle down in one spot and not have to deal with the, the BS out there anymore. You know, like the the obviously the, right. the, the prison thing. If it if it wasn't you know with the whole uh, you know governor thing and all that other stuff, if if nobody else ever ventured to them, they'd still be at the <laughs> prison just chilling. You know, and so absolutely.
1: I'm, so, yeah, I'm, I was sad the prison didn't work out because that was like, if there was a zombie apocalypse, that'd be the place to that, go.
0: That'd be a great place. You got, I mean, because it, it, it makes so much sense, you know, d- during a zombie apocalypse. You've got, you know, fencing, you've got barricades. I mean, but for, you know, obviously story wise, you know, they, they had other plans. I'm just saying, like, now if they were to run into that, it makes, a whole lot of sense for those characters to be like, I'm tired of going, you know? So uh, all I'm saying is hopefully they're going to bring it to like, whatever the next major, um, the the next major turning point for these guys instead of just, because honestly at this point, anytime they see anybody, they should just shoot them. Like I'm not even going to deal with another human. that's the
1: thing though, is, you know, they keep doing that. Like they, they, it's kind of like they look at everybody as as if you're not with us, you're you're against, against us, this. and everybody they come across tends to be kinda nutty. But at some point they're gonna have to come across somebody who is like fucking pharmacist. <laughs> I would or, think so you know, like I would hope so. a, a registered nurse or a you know, I mean obviously they've come across a lot of cops and the cops turn out to be nutsacks, but like people who are useful in society who could you know a guy who's a mechanic who could fix a car or you know knows how to make gasoline from oil in the fryers at McDonald's like they have i mean they have to come across somebody useful and but they've you know killed them i was um listening to uh the Cracked podcast the other day and they were talking about why Hollywood gets apocalypses wrong. And they just, um, they they were talking about that one scene and I hadn't even really thought about it. There was a guy hitchhiking on the road and they just drove past him. They were yep. like, you know, yep, fuck I that guy. That. Yeah. And then when they wound up driving back by, he was dead and they stopped and like took his backpack and stuff. Yeah. What if that kid was like, you know, a certified genius who could build, you know, Solar panels or something like like they just didn't even give a shit. They were like, meh, now,
0: yeah, meh, but but that uh, now that's kind of typical human behavior. Not really thinking it through.
1: Yeah, and I guess you know that's what happens in the short term when you have a situation that is unstable. People are kind of short sighted. Yeah, um, and you, they only think about what they need in the short term. Versus long term survival tactics. Because I think, especially with us, in how privileged and useless we kind of are, like we really are kind of useless. Like, if it really came down to it. So we would just expect that sooner or later the government will put itself back together and society will come back together. And I'm going to loot this grocery store right now because in, like, a couple of weeks, you know, whatever, the supply trucks will be running. Right. Without the foresight of, oh, you know, maybe I need to start planting crops. Yeah. I I, I don't think that comes up as readily.
0: True. Now, granted, some of this stuff does not make necessarily for good TV. I get it. So riveting television, yeah, not so- the
1: crop planting, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it doesn't make for riveting TV, but I just think certain aspects should have come up by now, but Hey, I'm not going to judge. I'm- and
1: also what the hell, man, is this the first, when they were in the library, was that the first time they ever went to a library? Uh,
0: that's a good Wow.
1: Like, what? The library is like the place to go in a zombie apocalypse or any kind of apocalypse, really. When things go to hell, you don't have the internet. Go and get some books on how to do stuff. <laughs>
0: like, that is a good question. I do not know. They have
1: Thomas guides and everything, like old school mm-hmm. maps. Like, nobody went to the library. Like I, I
0: still, actually, I still have my Thomas Guide sitting in the trunk of my car.
1: And then the whole thing with bicycles, about every zombie movie, every post-apocalyptic movie, except for The Stand, that's the only time I've ever seen anybody ride bikes. Yeah. And once her face brought it up, but she brought it up, it was like they laughed at her, like, heh, let's go find another car. Let's just take this fire truck. <laughs> Instead of Bicycles. Yeah, it's like,
0: uh, rather than waste whatever little bit of gas is there, because there's no more production happening, yeah, if you could get around on a bike, do that. I mean, it's not like the zombies are running. This this is not 28 days later.
1: Yeah, it's not the rage.
0: Right. See, so that, that's a little bit different. If it was 28 days later, I'd be like, nah, bro, we get in this car. But these zombies do that typical zombie shuffle. If you're on a bike... You don't have much to worry about, right? You're all I got you. You
1: can run if not have too much. To That's worry what I'm saying.
0: But uh, for whatever reason, running and uh, running in the apocalypse, speed in movies or TV, everybody's coordination goes to shit. Nobody yeah, can stay like, on their feet.
1: They're like crack shot snipers. <laughs> But you ask anybody <laughs> they to run, run.
0: they're, they're and, falling and all they over. They are the tripping all over themselves, like, and then when they fall, they can't get up. Right, because uh, you're obviously going
1: to break your ankle or your freaking femur. Like you're going to break the hardest to break bones in your body by tripping and falling on like a pile of leaves or yeah, something.
0: I, 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 I've never, because I, I well, uh, it's 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 Hollywood. There's movie logic. Yeah, you just go with it. You just movie, TV, like yeah, you just go with it. Now, one thing I cannot go with, no, 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 is this asinine New York Times interview <clears throat> with the two uh, Smith children. Okay. Cannot go with this. Now, if, yes. you, if you want to say something first, I will let you have the first word. No,
1: you can go ahead because I have a rebuttal.
0: Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 I got to hear this. Okay.
1: No, so go ahead. First
0: first off, I don't know why the New York Times is even interviewing them, but hey, their parents are insanely famous, which makes the kids famous, and they've enjoyed a little modicum of fame. You know, Willow had the song, With My Hair. Uh, Will gave Jaden movies, though none of them have really been great. So, all right. They're a little famous. New York Times interviews them. Wonderful. Now, I thought uh, I thought some of the questions were I won't say uh, bad questions, but uh, it started off fine with the questions. Like the first one here says, "What have you been reading?" Easy enough question. Mm -hmm. Rather simple. Mm
1: -hmm. Trying
0: to get to know the kids. And right after the first question is when it all goes to shit. This is when you find out that either A, these kids are laughing at everybody in this interview, or B, they are insanely pretentious assholes who truly think that they are this mind-bendingly existential and have figured something out that nobody else does and are somehow imparting uh, wisdom to you. Which... uh, They're 14 and 16. No 14 or 16-year-old has got any fucking wisdom. None. Unless they're a certified genius... And these two, I haven't seen anything showing that to be happening here. I mean, from the first question, what have you been reading? Willow Smith, quantum physics, Osho. Quantum fucking physics? Really? It's interesting. Girl. Wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> quantum fucking... And, and then, Mr. Jaden, he's been reading The Ancient Secret of the Flower of Life. And ancient texts—things I can't be predated. Really, you're reading ancient texts. Really, you know, like a language of like Sumerian or something like that. Really, right there, I—I I should have just, you know, closed the link and moved on to watching <laughs> cat videos or something. <laughs> I should have. But wait. So the next question is, I'm curious about your experience of time. What the fuck does that mean? Do you feel like life is moving really quickly? They're 14 and 16. They've just barely started living life. And then Willow goes, well, I mean, time for me. I can make it go slow or fast, however I please. And that's how I know it doesn't exist. What bullshit is this? She can make it go fast or slow. That's how she knows time does not exist. Amazing. Amazing. The next question, what are some of the themes that recur in your work? Jaden, the PCH being one of them. The melancholiness of the ocean. The melancholiness of everything else. And, and, and then and then here comes Willow. And the feeling of being like, this is a fragment of a holographic reality that a higher consciousness made. Yeah. Yeah. That's some deep shit right there. I feel you. I feel you. Willow goes on to say it's, It's about caring less what everybody else thinks, but also caring less and less about what your own mind thinks. Because what your own mind thinks, sometimes, is a thing that makes you sad. Mm -hmm. And then Jaden clarifies this for everybody. Exactly! Because your mind has a duality to it. So when one thought goes into your mind, it's not just one thought. No, no, no. It has to bounce off both hemispheres of the brain. When you're thinking about something happy, you're thinking about something sad. When you think about an apple, you also think about the opposite of an apple. It's a tool for understanding mathematics and things with two separate realities. Amazing. Amazing. I'm done. I'm done. It's. It just. Jesus Christ. I, I, <laughs> I can't even go. I can't even I can't oh. You just can't. I you just can't. I just can't. <laughs> I can't. I, okay. All right. You go. Please. Okay. Let me hear your defense of this.
1: First of all, mm-hmm. I do agree that they are fourteen, sixteen why and at this point in their lives and in their careers why is the new york times interviewing them not sure that really doesn't seem to make too much sense second of all they're 14 and they're 16 do you remember what it was like to be 14 and 16 and how you thought that you had the entire world oh okay
0: i might have thought i'm not saying
1: this was your avenue of
0: no, 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 but it...
1: Expression. I, I it could have been like you...
0: I'm not here rambling on about reading ancient texts. And... and
1: in your early teens, and how much crazy shit <laughs> went through your mind in your early teens, whatever form that it took, just marinate on that for a little while.
0: I could marinate on that all day. <laughs> it wasn't this nonsense.
1: I don't think it's 100% nonsense, though. A lot of... What, because it's coming from people who have no life experience, Okay, we are willing to just 100% blow them off and, and scoff at it. One, these are t- teenagers who get along as a brother and sister, which is amazing. Like, I can't even... <laughs> Like, these kids are actually friends, which is, you know, that's some pretty decent parenting right there in and of itself, if nothing else, that your kids are, are not killing each other at 14 and 16, and, you know, and are able to work together and collaborate on projects. And yeah, they're a little out there and wacky, but some of the stuff that they're saying is, you know... fundamentally sound in terms of philosophy and you know dealing with quantum physics and you know, like I read a lot of quantum physics as a teenager and and was really interested in that kind of thing I wasn't going around talking about how because here's what the only thing the only thing that I find fault with their outlook on life is their certainty in what that they know what they know That's the only thing that I usually find fault with anyone about anything is, Mm -hmm. is your doctrine and your philosophy is the truth. Like I have found this absolute truth because I feel like the universe is so just unsolvable and you know, we know what we know to a certain degree, but I would never say that I'm a hundred percent certain about anything and try to make people feel like they are not as enlightened or as intelligent or as justified in thinking something different because no one can know everything about everything. But I do feel like they do make, if it was coming from like someone else, people would be like, Oh, these are very profound thoughts. I believe that. I believe it wasn't coming from them not necessarily you because you don't follow those belief patterns and belief structures, but I feel like so many people are coming down on them because of the messenger, not necessarily the message. Well, like they don't even want to hear it. Cause they're like these little black kids. What do they know about anything? Nothing. It, they don't know nothing about nothing. But,
0: but you, 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 you ha- it, it goes beyond that. It's, if there is a be-
1: level of, there is a level of narcissism yes. and a level of, Self-involvement and self-importance, and a level of just general self-centeredness, which comes from being a teenager. I get
0: that, but that, that also, makes
1: their what yeah. they're saying just completely unpalatable.
0: But there's also, when you read it, there's there's this level of obvious pretentiousness of right. how deep or cool they are it, it's almost a self-aware like they they're trying to explain to the common i mean they 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 ramble on about kids in school and you know now they can understand why kids in school are so messed up cuz you know school's
1: they, fucking depressing i agree you know,
0: with that they had the whole thing about <laughs>
1: I am on board, Jaden oh, and Will, with again. school being a oh, depressing please. place. And now oh I. And yes, it's true. John, are you telling me high school was like the greatest time in your no, life?
0: No, I'm not saying that. But you know what? If, if I you, had, if you had went, the
1: option if you as go- a young person to be homeschooled and learn quantum physics. Oh, and wow. you know, philosophy as a teenager, I would have jumped all over that shit if I didn't have to go to traditional public school. I changed schools so many times as a kid because I just couldn't deal with the structure of the school system.
0: Now it, I, but the thing is, I bet if you were actually at a really now, I mean, we could get all into the whole school system, whatever. but if you're at a really good school with good teachers, it's not a depressing nightmare.
1: It wasn't a nightmare. It was just, it was just. I don't know. The formal structure just didn't speak to me as like I, now, I did. And, and,
0: and I understand for some people, right. school isn't their thing. I trust me. I get that.
1: No, I got straight A's and I made it happen. I made it work. But, but, what, but what I'm saying though, though is, not
0: but what I'm saying though is, some people in school. Some kids it, it just for them, sitting in the classroom doesn't motivate their learning. I get that they're, some kids need a more hands on type of approach, so maybe some different types of alternative schooling works best for them. I understand because high school normally it's like just a, it's like you know it, it, all they're doing is just hurting us from one class to the other i I understand. But they took it to this point where they are on high, decreeing right. I why... feel like
1: they have the the hubris of youth, and well, I think got... that definitely the hubris of youth. like I feel like their parents need to teach them.
0: Well, because the thing is, the parents have gone on and said, you know they don't they don't do any type of discipline, they they, they let them make their own choices, and live with it.
1: Well, there's a difference between their disciplinary style and what you include in your children's instruction. But they say and they don't
0: discipline them.
1: I know, they don't discipline them as their disciplinary style. But they do, I guess, enforce the consequences of their actions and their decisions. I um, think
0: it's... I like think not their bailing type them of, out. I think their type of enforcement is is very, uh, it's, now I don't know for sure. Obviously, but I'm that's not what I'm, what I'm,
1: what I'm getting at. My point is they, I feel like they need more world experience with real people. They're very closed off and sheltered and they don't know anything outside this little bubble of a life that they have. And their parents need to include in their instruction of them some real world experience dealing with real people like bring them to you know Detroit or Chicago or you know parts of Africa or other countries that are third world countries and have them you know build houses and work in a soup kitchen and get experience dealing with real people's lives on a day-to-day basis because yeah you can make time go slow and go fast depending i mean time is relative depending on what you're doing and where you are in your life you think about like those super short years that you know like when you were a kid the school year took forever now that you're an adult They fly by like years are just like melting and it's your perception of time that changes. But when you live in a world where you're completely cushy and everything you want is taken care of and you have the luxury to make time go slow or fast depending on your perception and you don't, understand that not everyone has that luxury I feel like their worldview is just extremely narrow and they need to have more life experience but I don't think fundamentally it's necessarily wrong I just feel like they are not they're too young they don't they don't have the life experience to understand fully what they're talking about.
0: Yeah. That's I, what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. I can I can roll with that. And
1: the fact that there is and this interview exists right is that is in itself what I have an issue with. W-
0: w- d- are you saying that you don't think they should have been interviewed at all?
1: Yes, that's what I'm saying.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, I mean, I know why cuz I cuz I get it, their parents. I just don't To me, there was no point or purpose to it.
1: Well, why aren't we? Why is there no New York Times interview with Sasha and Malia? Like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Those would
0: be more teens that other teens really should kind of hear from or or would want to, you know.
1: Would want to talk to, want to know about, and want to get some insight from what what it's like being a kid in the white house like i'd want to know and the okay the other thing about the interview that was kind of absurd was the the questions themselves i felt like this interview was totally a work like jada wrote down these questions (laughs) And they had these answers practiced, and that was the interview that was given. Because I guess, yeah. The questions yeah. were so specifically yeah. not the questions you would ask a typical teenager, period.
0: Yeah. I, I would have to agree. Now that you mention it that way, I, I could see. Well, I mean, and also part of. What are the-
1: some of the themes that recur in your work? Who asks a 14 year old that?
0: And it's not like they have a whole catalog of work anyway.
1: Right. You're 14.
0: <laughs> Thank you. You know what? It, uh, uh,
1: what? What way do you think of your new music as a continuation of your past work? <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Oh, wait.
0: Did, did you get to the part where, uh, wait, wait. Oh, oh, oh. I crazy.
1: mean even the question I'm curious about your experience of time Do you feel like life is moving really quickly Or is your music one way to sort of turn it over And reflect on it No interviewer in the history of interviewers Has ever asked I'm curious about your experience of time Stop it <laughs> Stop it, it who, who was this in, Like who uh, Who it's pretty the ridiculous. Like yeah. that's what I need to know
0: or, or wait, wait, or, or, um. In in the one question, uh, where he asks, uh, uh, or she, I I gotta see who's the interview. What are you searching for in those piece together moments? Stop it. Okay, okay. And, and then Jaden goes on. He's saying. Um, Honestly, we're just trying to make music that we think is cool. We don't think a lot of music out there is cool, so we make our own music. We don't have any song that we like to listen to on the PCH by any other artist. You know, I like. All right, fine, whatever. And then Willow goes, "That's what I do with novels. There are no novels that I like to read, so I write my own novels and then I read them again, and and that's and it's the best thing." And Jade, Willow's been writing her own novels since she was six. I'm like, oh shut. The hell up. She writes her own novels because the books out there aren't good.
1: And see, I feel like that is, I mean, that is where parenting comes in. <laughs> it's where nonsense. They are not exposed to things that they need to be exposed to. They are very. That's why I'm talking about this closed off bubble of life that they have, where they're not. There are no novels that you like to read. So you've read every novel in the world by every author in the world. That's impossible. Like, that is a very closed, narrow-minded view of the world. And I I feel like that's kind of unfortunate. But I I really, this interviewer is insane.
0: (laughs) Uh. Like, the
1: questions that they asked are so nuts. I'm, I'm like, stop it. Like, I don't even care. Like, if somebody asked started asking me questions like that, I might start giving existential answers just because it's like, what the fuck? I might as well go with it. Thank you. You're going to ask me existential questions and you're going to get some meta answers.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely ridiculous.
1: And my only thing, too, is... And this is my one prejudice... I have, I mean, I have several, but my main prejudice against Jaden Smith, because you know he's up for that new Static Shock character, which I love Static, and honestly, he fits, and he would probably be good at it, because he's, when you get right down to it, he's not a terrible actor, but he just makes this face that I can't stand, I can't deal with it. It's like this open-mouthed, confused eyebrow, just woke up and smoked a bowl face,
0: well, he, he's trying to do that squinty-eyed, cool stare.
1: But it's not a cool stare. Oh, it's uh, like uh, the confused uh, eyebrow, open mouth, just woke up yeah. and smoked a bowl and asked and said, huh? Like that face
0: Yeah, uh, and that if, he makes. And, and if you go to... In
1: every photo I've ever seen of him outside of a movie.
0: If, if you go to his, uh, uh, what you call it, Um, he's got a website and he labeled it as the, the future of... Photography and film and something else. Some bullshit, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's a bunch of wannabe artsy photographs in black and white. Um, Some have photoshopped color in certain areas. But it it just screams of wannabe so bad. Which is typical teenager stuff. Because teenagers always think that they're cooler than they actually are. And it's just off, and it's basically all photographs of him and these same several friends that he has. And like I say, these photographs were, whoever's taking them thinks they're being avant garde or whatever. And the fact that it's in black and white, which I guess is, you know, that's what makes it avant, it's a bunch of just uh, bull. I can't remember what the site is. I think it's in the, I don't think it's in the interview. But I think if you just, like, Google Jaden Smith, some site comes up. It's got, like, a like a number 490-something. Um, it's a bunch of nonsense. A whole bunch of nothing. And I ain't got time to deal with a whole bunch of nothing, especially from some 16-year-old kid who oh, yeah. has never had a job. Don't know what it's like to just get out there and really hustle or do whatever because – Look, I can't be mad. You got daddy's money. Shit. I good for you. But uh you don't know anything. So, I'm like whatever. I
1: think they're extremely sheltered. You know, they don't understand a lot about a lot of the day-to-day realities of a lot of black people in this country. Oh. Um and the unique position that they're in. Absolutely. As the children of celebrities they don't fully appreciate yet. And hopefully one day when they get more life experience and meet more people of different backgrounds who aren't just yes men and will cater to their every, you know, idiosyncrasy, they'll become I don't know. I have hope I guess what I'm saying is I I'm not ready to count them out just yet Uh. as future leaders of, you know, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not ready to count them out just yet because they're not dealing with a whole lot there, you know, a whole lot of other kinds of bullshit that, I mean, you look at an interview with say, you know, Bow Wow or somebody like that, or, you know, the kids who are coming up today and, the, the shit that they have going on is like, you know, smoking weed and, you know, going to strip clubs and making it rain, you know, and they are not participating in that. And, and as, as the only form of acceptable black expression. And I appreciate that.
0: I, Hey, <sighs> no, I, I get what you're saying. Uh,
1: Don't be such an old (laughs) fuddy-duddy.
0: Stupid kids. (laughs) Stupid kids. But we're gonna move on. Go make it rain in the club like 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 we used to. (laughs) Get off my lawn. Go booty clap. (laughs) Go booty clap somewhere else. Go do your twerking. Yes, like your, all the other kids, on your do your, your twerking. On your twerking. On your On the twitters. <laughs>
1: like I, I, I do appreciate that though. On some level, that they aren't feeling like that is the role that they have to play, and I think that that's that's nice to see too. Where, it, for because for the longest time, you know, growing up black in this country you have a very narrow window of what you can be and what you can aspire to and how society is going to see you. And the fact that you have these two kids that have the luxury to not fall into that or subscribe to that or contribute to that. And that's nice. And just the same thing for the president's daughters, you know, it, Little kids growing up now who are, who've, you know, seeing little black girls running around the White House is normal. Like, the status quo. Like, they don't know any different. (laughs) And that's amazing to me.
0: No, yeah, you're exactly right.
1: It's progress, Don. It's progress. Baby steps.
0: (laughs) Baby steps. No, you're right. Baby steps. Baby steps. But, uh. I don't feel like talking about these damn kids anymore.
1: No, I don't want to talk about them anymore. Uh, they them. don't get any more attention. Done. No, they get no. enough. They get enough.
0: I'm I'm, I'm literally going to edit this down to like thirty seconds. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm dealing with the with the Smith kids. We talked about the Smith kids for like an <laughs> like, hour and a half. I know it's going to be down to thirty <laughs> seconds. Just just like screw them. Screw them.
1: No man, edit it down.
0: Uh, absolutely, but uh, moving on to something I don't mind talking about uh obviously holidays busy with thanksgiving and all that other good stuff i only had a chance to see two movies out there i, I can talk about them both okay. fury and interstellar uh you haven't seen either one have you
1: no and i all would right. like to see which one was fury
0: brad pitt uh, tanks world war ii
1: Oh, yeah, no. I want to see Interstellar, though. Interstellar and um, The Theory of Everything. Those are the next two on my list.
0: Yeah, The Theory of Everything, I kind of want to see that, too.
1: It but looks really sweet.
0: I'll give a, just a basic rundown of each. Fury. Enjoyed it. Uh, it's a good movie. It's it's uh, It's definitely one that... Well, basically, anybody can go have a good time because, A, not only is Brad Pitt good, but everybody else is good. And, like, Shia LaBeouf or LaBeouf or however you say his it, guy. Queef, Queef LaBeouf. Queef LaBeouf. <laughs> he really, he was, he really put it on this movie. I was like, damn. I'm like, Shy is acting his ass off
1: he's a really good actor he, i not, always thought yeah, that
0: when he's not being stupid i'm like you know yeah. what and he was great i was like he yeah
1: i loved him back on even stevens he back in the day He was
0: really good i mean everybody was good i uh, only thing i didn't like was they they kind of did they, they kind of took this movie in like a typical hollywood format and then they brought in this kind of whiny pain in the ass kid to be part of the group. And I'm just like, ugh! I always hate when they do that. They, they bring in to, mm. to eventually become part of the team. I, like, I hate that shit. There was some, uh, there was some great tank battles cause it got way more intense and in depth and more claustrophobic than you ever see any kind of tank battle before. So I, it, They've I don't been-
1: think I've ever seen a tank battle before. So. <laughs> so
0: there was some very cool stuff. I was like, wow, this is nice that I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, the ending I thought was okay if it wasn't kind of typical Hollywood, which I was like, eh, you know, I, I guess they I had to do it. Overall, right. I, I can give it like, you know, seven and a half to an eight because it was, it was just enjoyable, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the next interstellar number one i highly recommend you have to see it in imax really yeah because i th- th- see it in the big screen there's some scenes that are like yeah it's just it's just made for the big screen i think. Mm-hmm. now if you see it regular that's fine but it's just beautifully shot
1: yeah this. i don't know where any imax theaters are around here
0: so right. see it on the biggest screen you can there's i thought i thought the i think the story's cool i thought the acting was just great all around i didn't necessarily think that the relationship that they did with the father and the daughter that sort of the way that they i was like okay it seems a bit much after a while it was like all right mhm i think she's grown enough now and i think she gets it more so than if she would when she's like 10 or 11. So I, I thought that should have evolved a bit better. But um, visually, it's amazing. Uh, everybody, I, I mean, even Anne Hathaway, who I can't really stand. I thought she was not pretty good. There's, there are these two robots in the movie that, to me, like kind of steal the show every time they're in a the scene. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Uh, and the way that they're designed is almost is almost brilliant. I don't even know who came up with the design, but it's like that's you have to see it to understand. Um, mm-hmm. And they're sort of there's sort of theory on kind of whatever like a fifth dimension of time and space would be. I'm like, okay. There's sort of taking a wild stab in the dark. So I'm like, all right, I can flow with that. Um, This is definitely a movie that it doesn't necessarily wrap up loose ends too much, but it leaves you at the end. You you sit there thinking, what did I just watch? Cool. Because there's a lot going on there. This is one of those where I'd have to see it again just to really be like, Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I think I'm totally grasping what has been going on here. It's, it's pretty intense. I, I would highly recommend. It's now it's long as hell. But how long is it? I think it's like at least two and a half. I think it's a yeah. But the thing is, the time part. That's not even the problem. I I didn't even really pay attention to that. To be very honest, um. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's, it's a hell of a movie. Cool. I, that's really all I can say because I don't want to say anything because it, then it sort of ties too much into what's kind of going on and, and giving stuff away. Uh, right, right.
1: No spoilers.
0: Yeah, it, it's just, yeah, you just kind of, you just sort of watch it and and go for the ride. I think most people sort of understand what's going on. If you have some sort of science literacy, mm-hmm. you kind of get when they're talking about stuff and what's happening, how some people seem insanely confused. I, I don't understand. Or, or, you know, the people out there who sing the ending, how is that even possible? I'm like, uh, that's the part where they had to make shit up. <laughs> that's <laughs> the, the movie. Yeah, that, that's the movie. That's the part where not even scientists know what's really going to happen. So they just made shit up. I get it. Y- you know, maybe some people don't like what they made up. But I understand it. Yeah, it's a, it's a. It, yeah, it's one of those you just have to see. That's all I can tell you. Right on. You just have to see. So I would, I'd probably give that movie at least a good eight and a half. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, because it's just, uh, it's just visually amazing. The the music is great. There's there's some good humor in there. I mean it's. I'm not, it's not perfect by any means. I mean, it's and it's not even a movie where, I mean, for a perfect movie, it's got to have sort of like one of those timeless stories and timeless characters, like say Shawshank Redemption. That's like mm-hmm. perfect movie. And this is not that. You know, I mean, you could watch it twice and then be done, and be like, okay, that was that was cool, and move on. But it, it does look great. It does kind of. Visually, kind of push stuff that we've seen, and it, it 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 was definitely interesting. I'll say that much. You know, okay. I don't know how it'll stand up the test of time, but it was definitely interesting. So Hi. those are the two movies that I saw.
1: Well, I only got to see one movie because I've been
0: I'm sure busy as hell,
1: and it was the Hunger Games: Catching Fire Part One. Um. Just. I mean, it was. You saw the other ones, right? Uh, no. You see, you've seen none of the Hunger Games, Donald Chambers.
0: How none. None. Those books do not appeal to me.
1: The books are good. I would, uh, if whatever. you read novels, I would recommend it. I mean, other than the I, the.
0: I write my own tweeny.
1: Novels. Oh, you write your own. <laughs> the tween love triangle. Exactly.
0: Bella, I don't want Edward, to see that. Don't want
1: to. It's see It's not them. as if. Here's the difference between that and, and say, a movie or book like Twilight. All right. Tell me. Katniss isn't useless. And she's not trying to love either one. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's not trying to be with either one of these two guys. Not really. She's just trying to survive in this post-apocalyptic world they have set up and survive the games. And her relationship with one of the guys is just a ploy to keep them alive. Like, it's not even... Like, she's not about who to love, really. It's It's not about that for her. And she's not useless. Like, in battle, how the Twilight chick was just making things worse by her very presence at all times. (laughs)
0: By her (laughs) very presence.
1: Because things would be much better if she wasn't around and both of the lead character guys were worried about her dumbass. Like, she should have never been on the battlefield in the first place. Like, that kind of shit. Like, just useless. Useless. But it's not that kind of story. And the book is really interesting because it delves into themes of you know political oppression and and how far is too far for you know if you cause she becomes basically this symbol of the resistance against her will when all she really wants to do is just live her life you know mm-hmm. like she is becomes a pawn for the this government anti-government sentiment and then has to decide whether she wants to play this role and be this, this martyr and this symbol to make society better for everyone rather than just survive day to day and live her life. It's really interesting and it's decently written. And I know a lot of people talk about how it's exactly like Battle Royale, which is the Japanese kind of version of the Hunger Games, but the Japanese version is more about the actual games. And it's a little bit of Running Man thrown in there. But there is more involved with, you know, political intrigue and and what possibly how The Walking Dead could end up. <laughs> like, what happens when you have these different factions of humanity? It's kind of like... Not to jump all over the place here, but what that show, Revolution, should have been. A little... That show had such promise that didn't deliver of what the United States would be like after a Civil War catastrophe, catastrophic event, and how we would rebuild, but things would be, you know, in... The factions that things would be in, and and people just trying to survive, like, and how that could be possible, and it's just a really interesting story. And back to this movie, this movie wasn't the best of them, and it wasn't the worst of them. It's just sort of the the Return of the Jedi, or of of the of the series, like not the Return of the Jedi, the. It wasn't even, like, as good as The Empire Strikes Back, because when... It is the the low point for our her- our heroes and our heroine, but it's not... You don't care about the villains enough for it to be the triumphant high point for the villains. Okay. And it ends in a weird place. It's definitely... The last movie was a cliffhanger. Everyone is, seems like they're cliffhangers leading to the next thing. But this being a two-part movie, it just ended in kind of a sad sack meh, meh, kind of place. Instead of the determined, just before the battle kind of gearing themselves up cliffhanger place where it could have ended. Or they could have just made it be a three-and-a-half-hour movie and not made it be two movies. Okay. Because I don't know if there was really enough content for all of that dragging it out like that. Okay. It was just... It just... It left me feeling kind of cold because it just ended in kind of a, you know... Wah, wah
0: like... <laughs> like well, there is a part two. And then
1: read it in a credits roll, and you're like, oh,
0: well, shit, okay. There is going to be a part two now.
1: <laughs> I know there's going to be a part two. I'm fully aware, but it could have geared us up and made us pumped for part two instead of just, like, leaving the theater kind of just lumpy. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: I guess I'll find out next year. Uh, yeah, that's that kind of sucks.
1: Since you don't know anything about it, I'll just go ahead and tell you what, basically how the
0: cliffhanger ended. Oh, by all means,
1: you know how the first Hunger. You know what the you know do you know what it's about? I'm like explaining this from scratch. You know what the Hunger Games is about, right?
0: Yeah, no. no see, you don't have to explain to me from scratch. And I'm sure okay. our tens of listeners actually do know. I'm just probably one of the few that has just chosen to totally ignore it.
1: Not well. Right. Hunger Games, Civil War, America's right. destroyed. It's in districts. The the main capital makes everybody else send two kids to fight to the death every year to maintain order and obedience. Hunger Games 1 done. Hunger Games 2 because Katniss won and be, she won in a weird way because her and there was there were two winners. She like kind of tricked the game.
0: Okay.
1: Um they they decide like in the middle of the game the game master made a rule and said that two people could win if they were from the same district. Cause everybody's watching this and they liked the fake love story between the, the two characters. So it was like bringing ratings up. So they said if two people from the same district win, then you can both win. So then they were really watching them watching it even more as they fought to save each other and then at the end when it was just the two of them left the game master was like matt just kidding only one person can win thinking that she was going to kill him and then she they basically threatened to kill themselves if they both couldn't win and the game master let them win so now they've kind of upset society a little bit because they showed the game to be fallible and almost you know and kind of the inhumane monster of a game that it is. And there was a little black girl that she became friends with who died. And she, like, made her a funeral and, and tried to protect her and save her, which is against the rules of the game. And the people from that district started to, like, have major uprisings and rebellions because because of that. So now she's already, like, kind of uh-huh. subverting the game. So then the second Hunger Games... The president is like, okay, this bitch has got to go, and you know what? All the winners have to go because they think they're above the law. Because once you win the Hunger Games, you you know you win like money for life, and you get to live in a mansion in your district, and you're kind of above persecution, and you live out the rest of your life. So he's like, we got to get rid of all these motherfuckers. So they have the 75th an- anniversary of the Hunger Games, where the people who are picked to go are from the pool of past winners. Which then people are like oh, snap, that was su- supposed to be, like, the one reason why you want to do the game is because you'll never have to go again. Like, your name will never be in the pool again. And these people are, like, PTSD, battle-broken shells of their former selves. Some of them are drunks, you know. And as winners, they've been, like, kind of prostituted about in the the capital for, you know, rich ladies and men to, like, pay money to sleep with them and you know they're just kind of like effed up and now they have to go fight again and so now that because of that everybody in all the districts are kind of like you know what the f we can't do this anymore so now she's become this unwitting symbol of the resistance against this oppressive government and so they have this plan with the new game maker to rescue her from the game to fight in the underground. And when they do that, they accidentally destroy... She destroys the arena in this second game. And Pita gets... Ca- her, her guy that she was having this pretend relationship with, he gets captured and brought back to the capital. So now she's in this district... In this movie, this this second part of the the finale, she's in this district that they thought was destroyed in the civil war. It's like they live; they're like the militarized district, and they live underground in these like underground um, nuclear military facility. And they didn't know that they were still alive over there. So that's the center of the resistance, and they're using her for like these Nazi propaganda films against the Capitol and, but the Capitol is using her guy and they're like brainwashing him with, with, you know, chemicals and torture. And, and they're over the course of the movie, he's getting skinnier and skinnier, but he's wearing like these luxurious clothes and he's like begging her to come home and to stop letting the resistance use her. But he's like getting more and more like jacked up over the course of the thing. So then they go to rescue him and they read, because she just decides like she's not going to be the voice of the resistance anymore as long as they're torturing her her friend in the capital and so they go to rescue him and it's weirdly easy the rescue operation and when he gets when they get back to where they are and they see each other for the first time he like tries to kill her because he's been programmed to associate her with like the worst of everything in his entire life and like he's now a shell of his former self and so that's where it ended and it was like not gearing up for you know the battle scenes or anything like that there's all kinds of stuff that happens next but it just ended in kind of like the suckiest low point
0: right right okay
1: but i'm telling you there's a lot more to the hunger games than just like you know twilight part (coughs) two
0: I will take your word for it. I will take your word for
1: it. That is not interested. I would have preferred, though, if The Hunger Games was not. Like, the reason why I like The Hunger Games, the second one, Mm -hmm. was because, you know, the first one, they're all teenagers, and teenagers are just enormously boring to me.
0: Yeah, I, I can understand that, yeah.
1: And the second Hunger Games was a lot more interesting because it was Picking from the pools of past winners. So they're all adults. And, like, you know, some of them are just crazy. Some of them are you know battle scarred, some of them are insane, some of them are like like one of the ladies was like eighty years old, and she has to go fight in hunger games, but she volunteered because the only other winner from her district was this girl that was like mentally unstable, and she didn't want her to have to go, so it's like it was a, they were a lot more interesting to watch than the teenagers who really don't do it for me okay. So if you do watch any of the Hunger Games, I recommend the second one.
0: <laughs> if I do, uh, I'll be coming to you to help. And Donald
1: Sutherland is really amazing. in the Well, Hunger. I mean, yeah.
0: Donald he plays Sutherland, the president
1: yeah. of the, the president, basically. Yeah. President
0: yeah. And I, I, he's great. I don't doubt, I, I don't, I don't doubt him.
1: Uh, Obviously.
0: In, in, in any way,
1: <laughs> shape, or form. But, uh, and Philip Seymour Hoffman plays the new game maker.
0: Oh, that's right. Is he is in this one.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm assuming he died before they could finish filming his scenes for the next one. Because he seemed yeah. to be pretty thoroughly in this one.
0: Well, we'll see how... Well, yeah, somehow they're going to have to...
1: I mean, they're probably just going to wind up... You know, his character will die in one of the earlier battles. And That's then true. they'll just yeah. carry on without him.
0: Good point, good point. Yeah, We'll see.
1: He wasn't. I mean, he was definitely a great character, but as far as pushing the plot along, I don't think he's a hundred percent. You know, absolutely vital. Right,
0: yeah. <laughs> Which, in a sad way, it's it's lucky for them.
1: Yeah. Kind of
0: sucks. I mean, he definitely classes up the joint. You always need that one person to do that.
1: <laughs> to to class up the joint. Class well, they the have joint. three. I mean, um, obviously, Donald Sutherland cl- classes up the joint. Mm-hmm. And Julianne Moore, she's she's really good too as the... That's right. ...president of the Resistance she, District. She is there. She's... And, and I feel like they didn't give her enough to do. Because her character is a little duplicitous. And you're not sure if she's good or bad. And their propaganda films are very Nazi-like. And, you know, her motivations are not really 100% pure. And they didn't really get into it in the movie, and I don't know if they're going to get into it in the second one, but I felt like that was a really interesting, you know, way to go in the books as far as, you know, when people come into these positions of power, a lot of times it's because they are willing to do things that, you know, the general population isn't. And that's what makes them such strong leaders, Right. And I thought that was really interesting and they really didn't get into it too much. I mean, you know she's kind of I mean, for lack of a better word a better word, they just kind of made her a B word. And like she's she's just that way because she's a strong woman not because she might have ulterior motives or mm-hmm you know, a larger plan or like they just made her be your stereotypical, you know, I'm a woman in charge. I have to be stoic and show no emotion and, and be in charge. And I can't show any weakness. And I didn't really a hundred percent appreciate that. I feel like as women, you know, we've come farther than that. Uh, I, I don't know.
0: I think you have.
1: I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like a, a man's not going to listen to me if I don't show any weakness or not. I, I don't know if he's either going to be enlightened enough to listen to a woman or not. Right. And and I feel like that's kind of, I don't know. A lot of times that's what I feel like. I'm just delving into all kinds. It's because I'm sick, Don. No. i <laughs> I feel like that's a lot of what it has to do with this whole, like, feminism situation that, that people are talking about, you know, rape culture and, and how I feel like we don't give men enough credit. And that's the problem. Like, that's the biggest issue I have with feminism in general is is or the, the anti-feminist st- statements is that feminism shouldn't be feminism. Feminism should be giving men the benefit of the doubt and treating men like they're grown-ups and treating men like they're adults. You know, human beings with a consciousness who know the difference between right and wrong and don't see a pair of boobs and just go, like, ape shit. Like, men are more intelligent than that, and I feel like to treat them like they're not is giving them, you know, like, giving them a pass. Like, oh, boys will be boys. Like, no, boys won't be boys. Boys need to learn how to be men. Like, why are you making this oh. dress yeah, like, you, look like they're not treating men like they're intelligent human beings. <laughs> I think that's ridiculous. You guys should be outraged. Uh, we're, I we're, know! Yeah, you guys we're so
0: we're, like, we're, we're, we're <laughs> outraged when a uh, wide receiver drops an easy third down pass. That, that's when we're outraged. Or our running back didn't get all the points that we needed on our fantasy football team. It takes a lot to outrage, guys.
1: Yeah. I know, why is that? I guess because y'all are just like, whatever. But I mean, when people say, you know, oh, she shouldn't have been wearing that short skirt, she should have expected it. Like, no, she shouldn't. I mean, men are animals? Like, what? No, men are people. They they should be humans. We're, I don't we're, understand we're, why why you guys are... We're, cool we're kind of animals,
0: stuff. too. We're kind of animals, too.
1: No, fuck that. That's giving you a pass for bad behavior.
0: I... It's I've,
1: lazy, is what it is.
0: I've, I'm just saying, <laughs> and we a, and we are lazy. We're very lazy.
1: I mean, women see hot guys all the time, and we don't go around just like antagonizing them. Maybe we should, but then y'all would like that, wouldn't you? Probably, of, of course.
0: <laughs> As, if somebody else is doing all the work, we love that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> forget it, forget it. I'm done. I can't. I can't even. My brain doesn't work anymore. Sorry. It's cuz I'm sick. I'm thinking too many things and they're melding together and you, coming out of my mouth. You need your pills. You need, I need
0: your pills. <laughs> I need my pills. You need your pills, girl. You need <laughs> your pills. Man. Well, listen. I know I appreciate and I know our tens of listeners, especially the thousands (laughs) in Turkey, appreciate the fact that you, (laughs) as sick as you are, you're like, I'm going to do this for the people. I'm going to do this for the people. And um, just know that you have truly done good for mankind. (laughs) You you had truly done some good. I support men. You do. I do. You do. And, uh, and we salute you for that. We do. Now, to all those out there, I think as a way of showing support for Ms. Stewart, not only listen to the podcast on iTunes, you can also listen to the podcast on TuneIn and Stitcher, but you should go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash TCAD Podcast. Leave a message. Leave a note. Leave a question. Or just send your get-well wishes to Ms. Stewart. (laughs) I'm sure she'd appreciate it. Send some suggestions. Send whatever you'd like. We don't care. You can also send us an email. We're on Gmail. TCAD Podcast at gmail.com. You can send something there. You can also give us a phone call
1: Mm-hmm.
0: with a phone number I can never remember.
1: 504-345-9344.
0: See, that exactly proves the difference between men and women. You, we've been going <laughs> over this phone number for weeks now. And every time I keep saying, I got to write that down and remember it. But do I do it?
1: No. I just pull it up every time we do a show. You see
0: what I'm saying? <laughs> You're the responsible one. I'm as the man just sitting here, like God. I really should do something to somehow remember this phone number. And then as soon as the moment passes, I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'll do it next time. <laughs> uh, typical, typical male thinking. I get it. I get it. But give us a call at that number. Leave a message. We'll play it on the air. We'll respond. We will give you the same huge audience that we have.
1: Please do, because the only messages that I've gotten on this phone number so far have been from political candidates looking for a vote. Fuck them. Exactly.
0: Fuck them. So, get in touch with us. We'd love it. We'll get in touch with you. Uh, Obviously, with the holidays coming up, just like with Thanksgiving, we're all a little busy, but we hope everybody out there had a great Thanksgiving. I'm going to hope everybody out there has a great Christmas and New Year's.
1: And Kwanzaa.
0: Hey, Kwanzaa, Festivus, whatever you celebrate. You know, it's bound to get busy. People are going to travel. I I, I hope nobody goes crazy in the airports. But just as long as you get to your destination safe, that's really all that matters. And of course, I'm going to give a a holiday shout out to my main man, my bro, who I'm still a little... I'm a little disappointed that I never got the wedding invite, but that's cool. That's cool. My main man, George Clooney. I'm sure I just got lost in the mail. Or he probably knew that I just couldn't make it over to wherever in Europe he had the wedding. A little expensive. for the flight. A little tough. But that's alright. That's okay. We'll make it up with lunch or... On this next project and how we can make that happen you know that sort of thing easy peasy well Miss Stewart
1: Mr. Chambers
0: it has been lovely as always to our people out there
2: have a good holiday and see you. I'm one of those people that's so smart that I'm uncomfortable in this world I'm scared to live. I'm not scared to live, but it's scary out here. God damn. I know how flimsy this shit is. I can see through the sh- I can see the truth. There's an animal inside each and every one of you. It's not good. This shit is real. Listen, I was looking at paper the other day. I'm not making this up. There's a serial rapist in Houston. There's nothing funny about serial rape, but... <laughs> What is noteworthy about this particular rapist is that all of his victims have been men. Enjoy your evening. I can't believe you clapped about that. It's a man raping men in Houston. It's the most gangster shit. So far, uh, like, like seven men have already come forward in the Houston area and reported this motherfucker, which, which means he must have raped thousands. That's a tough phone call for us to make. It's not like when you get raped, ladies. There's no... Uh, society don't give a fuck about male rape. There's no hotline for us. If man get raped, you just gotta get up and walk that shit off. Huh? Got raped. You know. caught me slipping <laughs> take that shit to the grave couldn't even tell my wife some shit like that come on all disheveled and shit pay <laughs> hey, where have you better it's 3 o'clock in the morning out fucking another woman, just go back to sleep, okay? (laughs)